Hey everybody, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to say, it's the show that helps you grow. You know it, you probably said it along with us. Uh, we are in the middle of a series right now looking at the five purposes of marriage. Uh, this is actually the second conversation in that, so if you missed last week's episode, go back and listen to that. We talk about kind of an overview of the five purposes of marriage, and when we look at the first purpose, honor, how to bring honor into your marriage. And we are joined as always, I didn't even say my name. Hi friends, I'm Jason. This is Linda. Hey Hi Linda. And then we're joined by George and Tondra Gregory, marriage experts who are who are here at Saddleback um, trying to engage couples in how to grow their marriages. And we are, uh, well, I should say they are, are gonna be with us for all five weeks talking about the five purposes of marriage. And so today, we are looking at the second purpose mm -hmm. of this. So last week we kind of introduced the five purposes and we talked about how there are five purposes of the church, um, worship and fellowship and ministry and discipleship and um, evangelism. But if we, if we look at the same type of passages, there's, we can actually see how there's five purposes of marriage as well. Right. Last week we talked about the first one. Um, if we were talking about the purposes of the church, that would be, worship in the purpose of marriage that's honor we talked mm -hmm. about how to bring honor mm -hmm. into your marriage this week we're going to talk about the second purpose which um which if we were talking about the church is fellowship mm -hmm. but in the arena of marriage we call it relational intimacy mm -hmm. so uh, could you give us a little bit of background overview of um what we're talking about as we're talking about relational intimacy and how that um, works with fellowship. Yeah, well, thank you for having us uh, again, yes. man. We're so excited every time we come in the studio with you guys. Uh, relational intimacy in regards to fellowship. Like I've always been taught that fellowship is like uh, two or more fellows in a ship, right? And there's, there's, it's impossible to go in a different direction if you're two or three fellows in a ship, right? And maybe I should say people and not fellows, right? Uh, but, uh, fellowship or relational intimacy is only achieved when we have oneness and solidarity. We're, we're going for the same goal. We're in, headed in the same direction. And if we go back to that Ephesians passage that says, Ephesians 5.31 says, for this cause a man will leave his mother and his father and will be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So that's that's the miracle, right, by the way, is how can two different people from different backgrounds uh, become one flesh? Oneness requires us to be in a certain level of fellowship. And, and that level of fellowship in a marriage um, is relational intimacy. And so it's a priority in marriage. It should be a priority in all of our marriage or any of our relationships. And so that's why we put it as one of those five purposes of marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. In our in last week's episode, we did a bit of a deep dive into that Ephesians five passage mm -hmm. that you were just referencing. So go back and, and listen to that part if you hadn't yep. yet. So I want to dive deep into this topic of, of what we're talking about today, and let's just start with kind of some you know some advice to couples, if you will. Right? How can how can a couple work on building deep relational intimacy into their marriage? Mm. Well, I'd like to say you got to have a foundation and that foundation has to have trust and mm -hmm. safety. Because when you talk about intimacy, yeah. that 
requires a level of vulnerability. And people aren't going to be vulnerable if they feel they're going to be hurt, uh, mistreated, mm. um, or not taken care of when they try to get vulnerable. So definitely, you cannot have relational intimacy if you don't have a foundation of trust and safety. And that's something that is instilled over time. And trust is just that, is, is basically that you have my best interest at heart. Mm -hmm that you are a person of your word, mm -hmm. that you care about whether you hurt me or not. And so those things help us have that uh, ability to have relational intimacy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like for me, as an NFL chaplain, right, I'm always in those dirty locker rooms, <laughs> uh, mess with uh, players and coaches. But um, teamwork is a part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think, you know, uh, a team who wins the Super Bowl or wins the World Series, they gotta, they have to be vibing together. They have mm -hmm. to feed off of each other's energy or, you know, they have to know how to talk each other and lift each other up in such a way that you play your best. In marriage, we have to have that teamwork, which is relational intimacy. Sometimes, again, I think when we read the Bible, we think, man, it's got to be these spiritual words. But in a very practical, uh, contemporary picture, teamwork in marriage is very important because as you work as a team, you feel secure, you feel love, you feel desired. There's one thing about Tondra, as we fellowship, man, when she desires me, when she says, wow, you know what, I want to spend time with you later on this evening, that does something for me. And it makes me say, well, man, maybe I do want to help with some some some, some things around the house or additions, or I can help with the kids' homework when they were when they were small, right? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like there's there's this certain thing that teamwork helps an analogy or a picture that most men at least can get, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm a teammate. I have to know how to be in relationship. It's not just about going out winning a game, but it's about what we do in the off season. It's about what we do before practice or during practice. It's about the entirety of what we do, not just intimacy, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, but, and I, I wanted to add too is, and it doesn't mean that this is just when things are in harmony. Like I always say too, it's also George and I have this little joke between us. Even when we're in disagreement, mm. uh, we we still say we're in fellowship in fellowship with each other. We just say it's intense fellowship. Intense fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how to still be teammates and how to still uh, have that intimacy <laughs> even when we are going uh, disagreeing or having dissonance in our relationship, but you're still you still can build trust even in those moments. Mm. Well, I love how you're talking about teamwork and it relates to what we talked about in the last episode about honor too. Mm -hmm. Like in that last episode, you gave the example of, of pointing to your teammate mm -hmm. who gave you the assist mm -hmm. or the alley-oop or whatever, right. mm -hmm. and you're sharing that credit in your, you know, and so I think as you're talking about this teamwork, it's, it's remembering that this relational intimacy piece, it ties in so well with that mm -hmm. honor piece, yeah. mm -hmm. especially as you bring that in and you're sharing That's in each right. other's joys That's and you're right. sharing in each other's uh, successes and whatnot. That's right. Absolutely. That's ab absolutely. Yeah. I think there, there's, there's this notion of in our relationships, right, that happiness is haphazard, <laughs> right? So not. No, it's, it's very yeah. intentional. It's very much of, of we have to plan to be intentional or plan to be uh, uh, lifters. And there's, there's so much that, that comes 
at us in marriage, you know. Um, I want to go back to the words trust and safety, because mm-hmm. just like we talked about last time where, you know, mar- marital happiness doesn't just happen. Trust and safety don't just happen. Right. So how does a couple create an atmosphere of trust and safety in their marriage? Because mm-hmm. it's so important. So it how is. can they do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think one one of the ways is not taking each other for granted, mm-hmm. right? Like so you want to make sure that uh, when conversations happen, mm-hmm. right, that we feel heard, we feel we feel our opinion is valid. Mm-hmm. But we also like like I th- I think that there's so many times that it's just getting through the conversation to right. be okay mm-hmm. that we don't really feel heard or mm-hmm. valued or understood. Mm-hmm. And so there there are moments when I have to ask Tandra, hey. Did you really hear what I'm, I'm saying? Yeah. I know you're cooking dinner <laughs> right, right, right now, but yeah. I need to feel like, man, uh, what I said va- uh, mattered to you mm-hmm. in that moment. And mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. And, and prioritizing, like to prioritize your spouse or your relationship, mm-hmm. it takes planning. And it takes intentionality. It, it's not just going to happen. Just like I said, happiness doesn't happen haphazardly. It's you have to work and plan mm-hmm. and be intentional. Uh, I, you know, like I do relationship coaching, and this is a theme in couples that are in relationship <laughs> coaching. And um, and one one couple was getting kind of heated about pr- feeling prioritized, and the wife was like. But you prioritize your golf schedule. Like I have never seen you miss a golf, yeah. uh, whatever you yeah. want to do with golf, like because that's important to you. Mm. You make time for it. You're intentional. Oof. And yeah. I said that is so true. Mm. So my encouragement to couples is, hey, prioritize your marriage. That brings yeah. trust and, and safety in your relationship when someone can feel that you are making time for them. Mm-hmm. And then I always say saying no to things mm-hmm. can help you make time mm-hmm. and to put your relationship mm-hmm. in the schedule, right? Like right. you can't say yes to everything. And I, I feel like some people really struggle with setting boundaries yeah. Yeah. with with the outside world and feeling like if I don't do this, then this is going to happen. You know, you don't have to have your kids in everything so they can be what? successful. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to do oh. everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, that FOMO is a real thing. Yeah. And there's so many options now. Yes. I mean, you can literally be busy 24 seven. You really can. And so saying no, I mean, that's that's so powerful because you're choosing, you're prioritizing. Mm-hmm. When I say no to anything else, I'm saying yes to my spouse. I'm saying mm-hmm. yes to my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happens in a marriage when one or the other spouse doesn't feel prioritized? And then what can what else can we do to really build that trust and safety? And, and how does saying no to other things really build into that? Yeah. Well, saying no sets the priority, yeah. right? right? Like uh, so many times we do have the fear of missing out, right? Mm-hmm. We have a young teenage daughter and she all, she confesses that. Yeah, I yeah. just have a fear of missing out. I don't want to miss anything. But we have, we have to tell her that saying no, uh, we all have these smartphones, right? right. Mm-hmm. And most of us know that, uh, at least me, I'm, I'm so A-type that mm-hmm. whatever's on that smartphone that comes up, I have to do it. Why? Mm-hmm. It's because I've become a slave to the smartphone, which mm-hmm. means it's really a dumb phone. <laughs> um, but when we use that technology for good instead of packing our schedule with so much is to clear that schedule off. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I like to say, hey, today's a gray area where I don't have too much to do. 
I just want to be into you. That means uh, we can we can have some flexibility. We can go to eat. We can go for a walk. We can have coffee time. Mm-hmm. We can we can veg out. We can do whatever. But as long as we're doing it together, yeah. I think that's the key word together, more time for each other. So when I say no to more outside things and, and we have to practice this uh, mm-hmm. as as busy chaplains and and helping to to help in churches and organizations look at relational intimacy and, and relational topics more. Sometimes we have to say no, mm-hmm. because if we say yes to everything that comes, we'll just be a slave to whoever wants us. And I, you might call that people pleasing. You might call that organization pleasing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just have to say, I want to protect our intimacy, our relationship, because I want to be more available for you during this season. Yeah. And I would even like to take prioritizing even a, a bit mm. further, too, because it's not just about spending time. You know, even when George and I, there were things that we needed to work on ourselves to make our relationship improve. We had to actually be intentional. Like one of the things, mm. you know, we talked about love languages last week and loving people the way they um, need to be loved not how you say they should be loved, but George, I didn't come from a physically affectionate family, so I wasn't a touchy-feely person, and George's love language was physical touch. Go go figure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so it was, I had to be intentional Mm. about (laughs) making sure that I to, you know, have physical affection towards him mm-hmm. and prioritizing that because he was important to me and because he deserved to be loved in the way that he needed to be loved, even though I didn't need that. He <laughs> he did. He, he hates to be, for me to talk about this. But I literally had to put on my calendar Monday, Wednesday and Friday, touch George, <laughs> do the, hug him, sit beside him on the couch. He's like, really? You really have this on your yes. calendar? Yes, yes, I do, because you're important to me. I'm prioritizing you. Uh, I'm not going to mess this up. Hey, you know? hey wives <laughs> learn from our example, but you don't have to do that, right? Because what it did is it made me feel like, wow, she has to put it on her calendar, like to touch me. You have to plan that, right? But it's really, le- it's teaching yourself a habit that you don't have. If I wasn't intentional mm-hmm. about it, I would have never developed this new habit. Now I'm you see right. how touchy feely I am? I'm touching him. And it's and now <laughs> it's my thing. I'm a touchy feely person now. Like right. this is how he has shaped me and mm-hmm. you know, you know, I allowed him to influence me in this way. But so, it, it was in those intentional times mm-hmm. of prioritizing our relationship, going back to honor. Uh, and and really realizing that it's worked out in a relational way when sometimes those moments aren't good or they don't feel good when you have to say, listen, you know, I feel distance. Mm -hmm. You know, I need for you, I feel closer to you when you rub the back of my neck or Mm -hmm. when we're watching a movie, if you're not long distance on the other couch in the other room, right? <laughs> like, no, sit beside me, you know, rub, rub yeah. my bald head. I used to have hair. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think, uh, again, being intentional, sometimes those times aren't always peaches and cream, mm-hmm. but you do have to bring up sometimes even to build your relationship, yeah. bringing up hard topics. And that mm-hmm. takes intentionality yeah. and clearing the schedule off and working together. Yeah. And I don't want to let it slip too. You did ask like what happens when your spouse doesn't feel prioritized. And I don't want to let that slide because this is important because when your spouse doesn't feel prioritized, that sets you guys up mm. uh, for 
Now I'm looking out for myself. I'm going to have my own back. And then you, it moves you, it causes distance and you move further apart. You stop counting on your spouse. You start really living like roommates, right? You're just coexisting, but you're not in a intimate relationship because you're not building into this because you don't trust that person has your best interest at heart. Mm. So now I got to look out for myself. I got to have my own best interest. And that is when you put yourself and your relationship on a dangerous, slippery mm. slope. And so guarding, making prior, uh, prioritizing your spouse is very important mm -hmm. to keep you in that healthy flow and that healthy journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, well, f first I wanted to say, Either of you are always welcome to share stories that the other person does not want to <laughs> or does not like when you talk about it. It, it makes for a great conversation. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to take a moment to talk about the role of communication and even over communication mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and talking about these deeper questions mm -hmm. that sometimes can be needed mm -hmm. to really help discern um, what the other person needs or is looking for, mm -hmm. right? Like you had to learn that George was a physical touch person. Mm -hmm. And so you had to have a conversation around mm -hmm. that. And then you had to have that conversation of saying, I, I don't like, yeah, I am. But putting it on your calendar like this, I don't quite, you know, you know mm -hmm. th that's it's sending me this signal and you have to kind of get into the muck a little bit right. about, about what this is and why it's necessary. Yeah. And I think that's something that's mm -hmm. so important for every couple to do yeah. to help to learn. Okay. I was right. I like, I have a different background than you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have different needs than I do. That's right. So help me understand what you need and how I can best grow or habit build, mm -hmm. uh, like you were talking mm -hmm. about, mm -hmm. to get to this place to fulfill this need for sure. you. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit about, you know, maybe why it's a little bit difficult, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we still need to have this conversation right. and work exactly. it out. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of these deep questions mm -hmm. and, and maybe even a little point or two about you know how to have these conversations when they might not be the most comfortable yeah, <laughs> that's true yeah. yeah like asking this is how we build intimacy like if you mm. don't go deeper then you stay the same like you got to be going somewhere right like you don't want to <laughs> be stagnant and th that's one thing that I, I love about George because at first this was something that annoyed me, but he was always asking like, how can I be better? What do we need to do in this season? Uh, how, you know, mm. and at first I took um, uh, resentment towards that because I felt through my own baggage that I brought into the relationship, I was hearing that wrong. I was hearing that as, oh, I'm not good enough oh, we, we got to work on, you know, we got to work on, but he was trying to be productive. Like how, where can I grow? What do we need to work on? How can we become mm. better? How can we become more productive? But once I could clear that yep. lens, we could have a dialogue. Once I um, got out of defensiveness, mm -hmm. then we can have these mm. deeper conversations because I don't have to feel that he's attacking me. I have to feel that, hey, we are to challenge each other, help each other be better, mm -hmm. help each other grow. And so deeper questions is something that I always say having like daily check ins mm -hmm. of just sitting down, making sure you're doing life together. Uh, you know, like what did you love about our relationship today? You know, what what was challenging about our relationship mm -hmm. today? Um, and he would always ask questions like, you know, how can I become a better father or um, 
you know, you know, what do, what do you need in this season from me? Right. Because uh, we are changing mm-hmm. as yeah. life is happening. Right. We're evolving as people. And if we're not evolving together, we're we're becoming strangers. Right. Yeah. So doing life together, that keeps you doing life together, building. Intimacy. Yeah. And I think asking deeper questions keeps you from sliding into mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Right. Or a stalemate mm-hmm. in, in your relationship. Because, again, you, as a husband, we all think that we're perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if I leave my underwear in the middle of the floor, that's OK, because I'm perfect. And, and yet <laughs> to to be open to. Um, I, I just seen so many times in, in, in marriages that there's a I'm not happy that comes out of nowhere right. as opposed to are you asking the questions to gauge yes. through the entire time? And mm-hmm. so that's a gauge question for me. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I be here more for you during this season or are you happy during this season? Because I actually want the answer mm-hmm. because right. if she's not happy then I want to know why. I want to ask her what could make her happy. I want to know, because uh, ha- making her happy, I think, man, that's just, you know, hey, let's go upstairs, right? Uh, uh, and be sort of like uh, like physically intimate. But she might say, no, no, what makes me happy is if you can grab those dishes. <laughs> uh, or, or, or she used to say, hey, instead of waiting at the door saying, time, 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 it's time to leave, she would say, can you make a milk bottle? And so for me, I think it's been intentional about asking those deeper questions so we won't... S- slide into me- mediocrity, mm-hmm. but we're building that relational intimacy all the time. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's important to acknowledge that there's two sides that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The importance of asking the questions, mm-hmm. of, of having right. the mindset mm-hmm. of being, of wanting to find out, yes. genuinely right. wanting to find out. Yeah. But then there's the other side too that requires the honest answer. Yeah. Right. That requires me to not respond just to say what they want may want to hear right not everything's good i'm good Mm -hmm. like you know no it's fine i'm good i don't want to you know but instead you know being open being vulnerable Mm -hmm. even being honest to say you know i'm i i'm not good right now yeah or actually i need to talk because there's some things i feel like we need to work on right Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Yeah, we we like to say it's okay not to be okay Mm -hmm. right but so many times we paint this picture that we only, so it's kind of, it's like in dating. I tell, mm-hmm. we tell people, mm-hmm. hey, sometimes in dating, uh, you never find out the real person because they're always trying to put their best self, right? <laughs> right? So they can find or so they can be found. And, yeah. and, and yet in marriage, you will have those vulnerable times where it's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, you know, as, as a husband, sometimes maybe, maybe husbands are going through this, that when, when a wife has kids, all of a sudden that attention, that affection goes towards the kids. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that just don't happen like it, it, like it usually <laughs> happened. And so, wink, wink. so, so, so husbands <laughs> feel left out, but it's okay to, to say, I feel left yeah, out because right. at least there's that voice. Now, what do you do with that? You know, how do you solve that? That takes teamwork. That right. takes time. That takes dialogue. And so we like to say, well, I think we've said it some, somewhere before, but we can't just be roommates. Roommates are sort of you you know what's going on and you just say, OK, that's not my business. You deal with that. I'm going out to golf. <laughs> yeah. No, but to be in relational intimacy, mm-hmm. to fellowship with one another mm-hmm. says when it's not OK, I don't have to have all the answers to solve it. Right. Like I'm Bob the Builder, right? Yes. But I love to fix things. Yes. Right. I love to take out hammer and nails. I love to patch it up. But sometimes she doesn't want to be patched. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be fixed. She just wants me to hear. Yes. And, and this is probably good for some of our from our husbands in their audience is sometimes wives don't want to be fixed. They, so so here, here's the thing yeah. is I learned to ask the right question. What kind of conversation 
are we having right now? Oh, that's good. Do you want me to help solve a problem, fix a problem, or do you want me to just listen? And life for me got easier because she gave me the cheat sheet. What I want you to do is listen. Yes, ma'am. Okay, (laughs) very good. Or she'd say, you know, I want your advice and your opinion, but to mix the two, sometimes didn't give credibility to hearing her voice, Mm -hmm. feeling like she was heard and valued. Mm -hmm. It seemed like me, I was just trying to fix so I could get this conversation out of the way so I could go like roommates go play golf yeah well and I want to say in these asking questions like uh like you like you were saying Jason you have to know what your needs are I I feel that women Mm -hmm. sometimes because we are it's so ingrained in us to be nurturers to Mm -hmm. care about everyone else and Mm -hmm. to put everyone's needs first and to be so in tune with, you know, taking care of our family, our friends, our spouses, that sometimes we don't even know what we need. (laughs) And so having that time (laughs) to kind of reflect. So not only knowing what you need, because that is going to empower your spouse, because listen, conflicts happen because some need wasn't met. Yeah, so whether you verbalized it or yeah. not, it wasn't, it is going to cause disappointment or uh, missed expectations. So, so when we can communicate and empower our spouse to meet that need, it takes both of us to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very important that you not only ask questions, but you got to be able to answer and mm-hmm. empower your spouse with the answers. Yeah. That's yeah. Incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so important. Let's, let's, talk a little bit about conflict resolution. You talked a little bit earlier about intense fellowship. Mm-hmm. I used to talk about, you know, I've been married, we just celebrated 29. Yeah. And um, we used to talk about, Congratulations, thank Jen, you. Right? It feels like an accomplishment, yeah. it right? It is an accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, come but on. We, you know, we've talked about in the past, you know, dynamic discussions, you know what I mean? Mm. The, where it's just like, you know, you're in that space and yes. you're like wrestling through and mm. it's hard, yeah. you know? Um, so what we know that unresolved conflict and relational intimacy, they're mm-hmm. like uh-huh. oil and water, yes. right? Sure. Yeah. When you've got stuff under the surface and you're not talking about it, that carries into every place mm-hmm. and it can destroy intimacy. Mm-hmm. So what tools can you point couples to if they're experiencing a season of conflict? Because sometimes it's like a little thing and then it goes away, but sometimes it's like a mm. season and it just yeah. feels like it yeah. won't yeah. let up. Yeah. So how, what can you point couples to right now? Well, one, like conflict resolution, we need a whole, that needs to be a whole series in itself. Like it's so big, like it's such a big, uh, a a big um, topic topic to discuss. But just to touch on conflict resolution is one, one thing I feel like you got to have the the right time, right? Like you Mm. can't bring up whatever you want, whenever you want. It's not going to go well. You have to set yourself up for the win uh, and choosing the right time sets you up for effective conflict resolution. Um, Making sure that you're not too hungry, not too tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're on the same page at the same time. Sometimes uh, your spouse could feel blindsided when you bring up a tough topic (laughs) at at the wrong time like you watching the game yeah let me talk to you about (laughs) how you disrespect you know (laughs) it's not gonna go well well. well. that's right um so i think timing is key now we're gonna uh, also have a lot of other opportunities for couples to check in to get so much help with conflict resolution uh but 
it is really about seeking out like what are these healthy rules of engagement when it yeah. comes to conflict resolution. But I will say you have to resolve the conflict. You cannot leave conflicts unresolved. You know, one of the thing one of the things with our conflict, I used to leave it unresolved because I am an internal a processor. So we would have uh, you know, our intense fellowship. I would need time. So I would just be sitting and just processing mm-hmm. and George would be waiting to talk because he's the external processor. So he's ready to talk and let's mm-hmm. get to the resolution. Well, after he gave me time and I felt better, I was over it. Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> now. So no need to talk. You know, everything is good. Yeah. But what happens when you don't get to a resolution, you're stacking bricks. There. Mm-hmm. And each time it's unresolved. And if you know that if you stack bricks pretty soon, mm-hmm. you're disconnected, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Well, so. and I think sometimes, too, depending on how conflict was handled in your family of origin, right. yes. yeah. um, you might think that it is more honoring not to bring up what you're upset about, mm-hmm. not to you know, throw an iron on the fire, not to do mm-hmm. that because you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to, you know stoke the flames and yet the most loving and honoring thing could very well be engaging in that dialogue and it's how you do it is right. important exactly. right exactly but i think you know you might think oh well i don't want to you know i don't want to dishonor him but and it's like no 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 it's actually more honoring really yeah so, sometimes like couples uh they 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 know conflict resolution is is needed. They don't know how to, and so some resources that we can point them to is if if you need help, mm-hmm. right? It could be a mentor couple. It mm-hmm. could be uh, being a part of a counseling center. The great thing about Saddleback is mm-hmm. is it's a it's a counseling center, and and the the resources are are free. And so we like to say, don't die in a sea of lifeguards, mm-hmm. right? There yeah. are so there's so much help mm-hmm. out there for couples who struggle. They we just have to raise our hands and say we know where we're struggling, or we affirm or we acknowledge mm-hmm. where we're struggling, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. some other things that we're doing is we're going to start uh, we're going to uh, host sort of periodic couples nights, and a part of those couples nights is to come and have fun, but it's also going to be kind of workshops where at, when you're on your, your date or you're out with the couples and we're, we're doing these talks, you'll learn some of these tools, these techniques and get right. some stories to go home. And we share our mishaps, not just to share them, but to yeah. let people know that it's okay to mess up. What it's not okay is to stay there, mm-hmm. that we've got to be intentional about mm-hmm. learning and gleaning from other couples. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's a plethora of resources uh, that we can point people to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we should note that we'll put the show n- or put, the links for information about those couple nights out in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see when those are here at Saddleback. Um, as we start to wrap up the conversation a mm-hmm. little bit, mm-hmm. I wanted to give an opportunity to talk about some of the other kind of big obstacles that can come in the way of relational intimacy. So what, except for unresolved conflict, which we kind of talked about, sure. what are some of the other biggest obstacles that are so common in, in marriages um, that can really put a, a damper in relational intimacy? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think sometimes uh, I had to learn this with, with, with my spouse um, mm-hmm. uh, is that sometimes men, we think when you start talking about intimacy, you can forget if it's relational or spiritual. We just hear intimacy and we automatically go to sex, right? <laughs> oh man, I'm going to get lucky tonight. 
and 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 that's okay, right? But there's there's also these other things around, sort of like that wind zone that you have to. Uh, one of our mentors he used to say that if you want the house hot at night, you've got to start the fire in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that and that that meant that you help with dishes because that's where conversations happened or you, you help with things around the house and 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 you helped affirm and acknowledge or you just you, you went overboard for those appreciation because that's building that moment of mm-hmm. intimacy. And so sometimes uh, relational intimacy is is stuck because one, mostly men, it's like, man, we just want to go for the goal. <laughs> and it might be where we have to be more intentional about the time that it takes to to get to that goal. There's a ramp up. Um, uh, I like to say sometimes Tondra is not, she, she, she takes her a little time to get off the ground as far as that type of intimacy. But me, I'm like a helicopter. I'm just ready to go. But relational intimacy, spending time with each other, affirming each other, fi- figuring out what's going on in each other's lives at the current moment. That's very important to that buildup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So, so what are some other obstacles? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's obviously a big one. It, mm-hmm. it can it can really if you're if 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 there's a a part of the relationship that is so focused on just one thing, mm-hmm. that's obviously can be a big obstacle. But what are some other obstacles mm-hmm. for relational intimacy? Well, I would say you know the thing is is just being so busy. Like like we've been hinting mm-hmm. at it last yeah. week and today um, is just we like to say. Time equals love. Like Mm, that is just like a simple equation. And busy schedules are an obstacle from building into your relationship, relational intimacy. When we are not making time to sit down, to spend and prioritize. So busy schedules are an obstacle. We have just got to cut some things out of our lives. I I had um, uh, one one coaching couple that I was coaching. working with. And uh, the husband was like, I'm so successful in Mm. professionally. Like I know what I'm doing, feel competent and I'm just really excelling professionally, Mm -hmm. but I am failing as a husband. Mm. I'm just failing. And it, and so when we are getting esteemed or like when we are getting like, we feel capable, we want to like keep going towards that thing that makes us feel the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, coming home and making sure that we put that same amount of effort and energy that we put into being successful yeah. in professional lives, we've got to put that same time and energy into being successful in our home lives. Anything that you want to be successful at, you put in the time. Mm. You go get your education, you go to mentorship, you go to training, mm-hmm. whatever you need to do to win in whatever you're interested in, you yeah. put the time and energy into it. So I think, you know, making time is, is one of those major obstacles, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I hinted towards this earlier, but I think when we take each other for granted that we sort of know each other mm-hmm. um, and you know, that's, that's, we, we're all evolving. So we're all different. So I've been married, we've been married 26 years mm-hmm. next month. Right. Mm-hmm. And a part of, a part of that 26 years is learning that we're not the same people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that relational intimacy says, I have to keep it fresh. I have to keep it current. And so the answers to the questions that I had five years ago are very different. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, our kids were in the home. Mm-hmm. Now we have both of our kids outside the home. We have now my mother with us. So, mm-hmm. so for us, our check-ins 
uh, we have to be very intentional, just like we want to be great on the outside with, with, with jobs or career or our influence. We have to be just as intentional and staying relevant and current mm-hmm. as we do with other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I know one of the things that couples are dealing with now that maybe 15, 20 years ago we didn't deal with is technology mm-hmm. and the yep. fact that you're, we all have these smartphones mm-hmm. or dumb phones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you can. Your work, your world, yes. it never stops. You know, it used to be you worked, mm-hmm. and then you came mm-hmm. home and work yes. stopped. Yes. Yeah. And there were clear boundaries, mm-hmm. and there was no way to mm-hmm. do work at home. Mm-hmm. But now that's all blurred. And then yeah. there's apps, and there's phone games, yeah. and there's all, so many things. So how can couples mitigate sort of the impact that technology is having on the relationship. Because mm-hmm. I know it affects, you know, you yes. see the, the picture of everybody sitting at dinner and they're all on their phones. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is not a good thing. No. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, it's so pervasive. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we think, especially with the pandemic, you know, it used to be where you could sort of uh, uh, clock out at five and you might could put your phone down. But during the pandemic, you know, there were oh Zoom calls yeah. everywhere. It wasn't just work calls. Now it's church calls. And now it's, it's, it's small group calls or there's, there's, uh, there's so much. But technology can become a barrier in many relationships. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we teach couples that, you know, maybe it's cutting your phone off before you get in the home, at least for a period of time. Sort of say, mm-hmm. this is a period of time out mm-hmm. where we're not listening to notifications or uh, sometimes I get super smart and I'll just turn off my notifications, but I'm still like kind of checking a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, really, it's it's how do we focus? You can't have a focused conversations with notifications and dings going off, yeah. right? And so if I want to be heard and I want to validate her, uh, then I have to at least be willing to say, look, I'm not going to let those dings disrupt that moment that you need. And so if that's putting up my phone or if that's mm-hmm. uh, turning off my, my, my video game station for, for a while, by the way, we, we subscribe to that there should be times where you're working on your marriage and that's what we're talking about with relational intimacy. But there should be also be some times where there's free times where I can uh, uh, zone out and yeah. use technology sort of as a stress reliever, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but sometimes there's no, no phones at the dinner table mm-hmm. or it's not watching TV while you're, while you're at the table. Or for sure. some couples, it's like, get that TV out of your bedroom, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The, so bed, bedroom time could be not just intimacy. It could be time where you are catching up like pillow talk. We love yeah. to have pillow yeah, talk. Yeah, we have pillow talk. So I, I think, you know, exactly right what what you said Linda and what George is saying is life used to have boundaries set for mm. us yeah, that's but now word. we have to set boundaries yep. because there is no boundaries mm. when it comes to always being connected to yep. everything all the time yep. you now are personally responsible for setting your boundaries when it comes to technology mm-hmm. 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 that's great so so this was only uh part 2 a five in our conversation, <laughs> in our, our full c- a conversation around the five pursuits of marriage. You've probably already seen like, like, wow, there's so much good stuff in here. And you're right. There's so <laughs> much good stuff in here. George and Tanja, really, thank you guys. Yeah. The, it, as I said, we're excited to continue to dive into the other three parts of this conversation. Yeah. So make sure that you come back next week for our next part of this conversation. Also, as I mentioned earlier, check in the show notes and you can see other mm-hmm. information about marriage resources at Styleback, including a couple's nights out with George and Tandra. And uh, friends, we love you and we're glad that you're here. We will see you again uh, next week with George and Tandra.
If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Music